When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Got to get ready for his power because he can, he's, he's got it. He can hit you. What'd he do, Gus? What'd he do? Yeah, okay, right here. Right right uh, oh, right there. Woo! Okay. All right, Blake Borum. We see you. And I will be seeing more of Blake Corum uh, this week and next week as well as Big Noon Saturday follows the Wolverines around. Welcome into the show, everybody. I'm Joel Klatt. This is the Joel Klatt Show. We uh, uh, very much appreciate you being here. Remember, share this with a friend. It's always better if you can talk about college football and share opinions and give takes with your buddies. So share this show with your friends. Hey, if you haven't listened to Monday and Tuesdays, or excuse me, Monday and Wednesdays episodes, go back and, and check it out. Some good stuff on that Wednesday episode in particular, um, uh, talking all through Heisman lists teams that are lurking the problems OU uh, is having so go go back and check that one out this show though we're gonna get into the games this Saturday okay folks I've got lines I've got picks I've got eight games that I want to get into let's go this is going to be fast and furious grab a pen let's get started what's first Michigan versus Indiana. Michigan favored by 22 and a half on the road at Indiana. Gus and Ginny and I will be there. Big noon kickoff will be there. Now, because we're there and, and I might know a little bit too much about this game, obviously insider information, I'm not going to give you a pick in this one. I will just say that for Michigan this week, their, their whole mantra needs to be next step. Okay, it's no longer good enough to just roll out there and win the game. They've got to take the next step. This is where they've got to learn from the great teams in college football, like Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia at times, which is you got to go out there and dominate, and dominate to a huge fashion. I've always talked about, and I've talked about it on this podcast, kind of the process of building a giant in college football, and that process being you got to lose big before you lose small, and you got to lose small before you win small, and you got to win small before you win big. But every one of those is a point in which you have to transition to the next step. And for Michigan, this is where you have to start transitioning to the next step, in particular in conference play. Um, finish the plays that are there. I thought that they could have blown Maryland out, but they didn't finish the plays that were there. They didn't get the sacks when they got the quarterback pressured, and they didn't get the big home run uh, throws down the field from J.J. McCarthy because he missed them long. It's time that they start hitting those. That's what I'll be looking for this week when they go to Indiana and face the Hoosiers. All right, next game. What's up? 
TCU versus Kansas. Oh, I love this one, right? I mean, every time Kansas comes up, I just like, boom, I light up because I love this game. It's the ranked matchup. By the way, if you in the offseason threw a bet down that TCU-Kansas was going to be both ranked in their matchup first week of October, and the Red River game, Texas and Oklahoma, both would be unranked, you won yourself a lot of money. Uh, But none of us would have bet on that. But here we are, tcu coming off that monster win against OU last week, and Kansas, which is continuing their Cinderella run. Both ranked. TCU 17th, Kansas 19th. TCU is favored by seven. Now, you might think to yourself, hey, isn't that a lot? Isn't Kansas, Joel, really good? Yes, I do think Kansas is is good. They are obviously much better. They've got a great quarterback who's playing at an incredibly high level in Jalen Daniels. The problem for Kansas in this game is that TCU's quarterback and offense in general is playing at an even higher level than they are. TCU right now is the number two total and scoring offense in America. And Kansas, if there is a weakness, and there is, right, they're building. you got to allow them some time to build. Their weakness would be on the defensive side of the football. They're 80th in the country right now in total defense and 62nd in scoring defense. All of those numbers, let's not get tied up into the numbers. It just, TCU is a bad matchup for Kansas. They are. I thought that Iowa State was a much better matchup for Kansas because they weren't going to threaten what is the weakness from a Kansas perspective. And then Kansas can go out there and face their strength against Iowa State's strength, which is Iowa State's defense. That's one of the reasons, albeit a crazy game, but they were able to win a week ago. This is a very different game than that because of TCU and what they can do on the offensive side. This quarterback, Max Duggan, is playing at a really high level. Okay, they, they boat raced Oklahoma, and if their offense plays anywhere near the same efficiency that they did a week ago, then they're likely to win this game, and I think that they might win this game by a big margin. They're favored by seven. I would definitely take TCU in this ballgame. Even on the road, I think that they go up there, get a win, and that glass slipper starts to fall off of the Kansas Jayhawks. All right, next game. Texas versus Oklahoma. Oh, Red River. I love Red River. Um, And by the way, unranked Red River. Both teams unranked. Both teams unranked in this game for the first time in over 20 years. The first time in over 20 years. Um, This game, though, is is for me more about Quinn Ewers. Are we going to see Quinn Ewers for Texas? I think that they're different on offense. And this is I don't want to this is not disparaging Hudson Card. And in fact, they they played really well on offense last week and threw it really well on offense last week. But yours gives them just a totally different dynamic. And we saw that in the first quarter of that game against Alabama. I still maintain, and I think even Alabama fans would maintain that was going to be a really difficult game for Bama to win. The way that Bama's offense played and the way Texas's offense was playing in the first quarter before yours got hurt. But Give Alabama credit. They got to him. They got the pressure, and they knocked him out of the game. So they ended up winning. Um, this, you know, ifs and buts are, are not going to play here. But if Ewers is on the field, you get the sense that Texas can take the next step offensively. That becomes one of the more dynamic offenses in all of college football. They've got five five-star players starting on that offense if Ewers is their quarterback. And Oklahoma right now has the 109th best pass defense in the country. That's not going to cut it. Oklahoma's defense is not playing anywhere near what they need to play moving forward to be even good 
in this very deep Big 12. When you look at what happened to begin the TCU game and what happened at the end of the Kansas State game, there was a nine-possession stretch in which Oklahoma's defense gave up seven touchdowns. Not scores, touchdowns. Seven of nine possessions in that stretch. At one point, TCU's Twitter handle was joking like, hey, we're not just on Aaron Judge 62 watch. We're on 62 watch for the Frogs. Great tweet, by the way. Absolutely great tweet. Texas is favored by seven. If yours is on the field, I like them over that mark. I know it's a rivalry game. I know they generally play closer, but something is wrong with Oklahoma now on the defensive side. They've given up 96 points in, in the last two weeks. They haven't done that in back-to-back -back conference games since 2019, 18, right in there. there. There was a November from hell for their defense when Kyler Murray was their quarterback, when they gave up gobs of points. The difference was back then for Oklahoma, they had an offense that could mask those defensive inefficiencies. They gave up all sorts of points in that November, including 96 in, in, in combined back-to-back -back weeks, but they were 4-0 in that November. They're 0-2 in this two-week stretch, giving up 96 points, and if they're facing anywhere close to a healthy Texas offense, then I like the Longhorns in that one. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Next. UCLA versus Utah. What a good game this one is. Hey, some West Coast football. Here we go. Utah and UCLA. Um, Utah's favored by three and a half on the road. I'm a bit nervous for Utah in this game. The reason being, I think that this is a look-ahead game. I think it's so easy to get caught up in the USC hype out here on the West Coast and think about what they're going to need to do to face USC uh, coming up next week. As it is now... Utah is playing incredibly good football since they lost to Florida. And remember, they were inside the 10 with goal to go situations three times and came away with three points. They should be undefeated. They outplayed the Gators and they didn't. 
but that's still not just your run-of-the-mill 4-1 team. This is a team that should be 5-0 and right now, and in the four games since that loss to Florida, they have beaten their opponent by an average of 35. So Utah's playing great right now. They're good on offense with Cam Rising. They're always good on defense. They're a tough physical team. And generally what happens in the Pac-12 is that that tough physical brand of football wins out because the other teams cannot match that brand of football. But wait, UCLA might even be tougher in that brand of football. You know I'm nervous for Utah? It's not just a look-ahead game. They're facing a team that's incredibly tough at the line of scrimmage. They don't normally see that. Okay? They struggled against a quarterback in Anthony Richardson at Florida that could move around, extend plays, and create. That's exactly what DTR can do for UCLA. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is playing great ball, great football. They got a back in Zach Charbonnet that makes them powerful, and they have the ability to own the game on the ground. When you look at what Chip Kelly has built, nobody talks about it, but he inherited a program that was 11th out of 12 in the Pac-12 in rushing in 2017. And every year they've gotten better. 2018, they were 8th in the Pac-12. 2019, they were 6th in the Pac-12. And now in back-to-back years, they're 2nd. Last year they were 2nd. They're 2nd right now. They can run the rock. The difference is they can also stop the run on the defensive side this year. They're a lot tougher on defense than people want to give them credit for. They've got the best run defense in the Pac-12 right now, giving up only 2.6, 2.5 yards per attempt so folks I'm nervous for Utah it's a look ahead game they're facing a team that can stand up to them from a physical standpoint I'm going to take UCLA and the points at three and a half next up Washington State versus USC okay I just told you as a look ahead for Utah I think it's a huge look ahead for USC because in their mind they're thinking to themselves hey man it's Washington State right like our big test is ahead of us. It's the Utes. It's the defending Pac-12 champions. But hold on. That Washington State team, they're feisty. They are feisty. Let's not forget that this is a Washington State team that's still 4-1, and one, and in the one loss that they had against a more talented Oregon team, they held a 12-point lead with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They likely should have won that game. That was a wild ending. Wild ending in which Dan Lanning and his Ducks ended up getting the win. But this is a game that they could absolutely win, even on the road. I know that they haven't had a lot of success at USC, and not many teams have, by the way, over the course of of history in the Pac-12. But they could absolutely win this game. And it comes down to one thing. One thing. Turnovers. I know a lot of games come down to turnovers, but in particular with USC, it comes down to turnovers. And the reason is, is that their defense cannot stop anybody unless they get the turnovers. So Cam Ward, I'm looking at you. Cameron Ward is a really good player, by the way. Okay, he's the quarterback for Washington State. I really like his game. This is a team that's gone on the road and they've beaten Wisconsin this year, but this is a guy that has seven interceptions. That's 120th in college football right now, and he's facing a defense in USC that has intercepted more passes than anybody else in the country. That's the only way that they can stop you on defense. They're not going to stop you if you possess the ball. If you don't turn it over, USC is in trouble. Okay, so I think that this one is closer than the 13. USC is favored by 13. That's too many. 
That's too many. I think it's a sloppy game from their offense. It's a look-ahead game for them. And if they don't get the turnovers, I think Cam Ward and the Washington State team is going to be closer than the 13. USC wins it late, but closer than the 13. Next up. Ohio State versus Michigan State. Boy, watch out for them Buckeyes because Ryan Day is keeping no prisoners. <laughs> Am I right, Greg Schiano? Am I right? Um, this guy is on a mission. I think something happened to Ryan Day last year, late Thanksgiving weekend when they lost to Michigan. And it seems like he, his coaching staff, and that program are on a mission. This is a terrible matchup for Michigan State. Terrible matchup. They're getting 26 and a half. The Buckeyes on the road in the Big Ten against a team that won 11 games last year is favored by 26 and a half. And you know what? I find it hard to believe that they're not going to cover that. Why, Joel? Well, the Spartans have the 115th ranked pass defense in the country. 115. Last year, they were dead last. This Spartans defense is not anywhere near good enough to stop Ohio State. Ohio State's the best offense in the country. Now, the one thing that you could point to and you could say, like, are they going to play with that amount of efficiency in their first game on the road? That remains to be seen. I think it helps that you've got a second-year quarterback and not a first-year quarterback. So that's why I would say, hey, C.J. Stroud is used to this. He can go out there, and he's going to play well regardless. It's not like their uh, injury situation with Jackson Smith and Jigba has slowed them down. They've got weapons everywhere. Even Travion Henderson not being what he was a year ago hasn't slowed them down at all. Mayan Williams just shows up, runs the heck out of the rock. This Ohio State team is really good. The difference with Ohio State this year and why it might be easier to cover a 26-and-a-half number is the fact that their defense is also really good. They're top 25 in both total and scoring defense this year. That is a huge mark for them, huge mark from what they were a year ago. And this Michigan State offense, they, they do not have Kenneth Walker, and he ain't walking through those doors, folks, because with Kenneth Walker, they could mask the defensive inefficiencies. They couldn't do it against Ohio State in the shoe last year, but in other games, they could mask them. In back-to-back -back weeks, in the last two weeks, we've seen Michigan State score 7 and 13. That ain't cutting it. That ain't cutting it. By the way, that 7 was against Minnesota, and it was in like the last minute of the game. They were basically shut out. So it's not like coming home is going to help them all that much. Michigan State's in trouble. Ohio State is on a mission, and that 26-and-a-half might not be big enough. Next up. Texas A&M versus number one Alabama. Man, I can't wait to see. Well, first of all, just the questions about quarterback for Alabama. This Alabama team is really good. I think that they're the best team in the country, but their quarterback is banged up, so I put Ohio State at number one. They are favored by 24 in this game over Texas A&M. And we should be talking about the biggest game of the day. We should be talking about the war of words from the offseason between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. This had all the makings of being something really juicy. And then Texas A&M rolled out there, and they've been bad. They've just been bad. There's no other way to put it, okay? Their offense has been woefully underperforming. And by the way, has been for better part of a year. Their quarterback position, they can't get it fixed. 
Their defense had to be amazing last year. It's not quite as good this year. Without A-Chain, like, <laughs> they, they've got nothing on offense. I'm nervous for, for A&M in this game, even with Bryce Young and his status up in the air. And here's the reason. If you get Milrow out there as the quarterback for Alabama, I think they become a better rushing team than even with Bryce Young. And because of that, you might see a heavy dose of Jalen Milrow and Jameer Gibbs. A&M can't stop the run. They just can't. Ask App State. They couldn't get off the field. So while it might be a lower scoring game, that 24 is certainly in play for Alabama. And I just don't think a and is going to be able to score. Not against that defense. That defense is really, really good. And you get the, you get the feeling that they're so much better at home. All right, the numbers bear that out. They don't play close games at home, even within the SEC. And here A&M rolls in with the 14th-ranked scoring offense in the entire SEC at 21 points per game. That's 108th in the country against Alabama's defense. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. So basically, you're going you're gonna to cover the 24 as long as Alabama can score 30, 35 points. And I think that that's probably likely. You think that... Let me just put it to you this way. If at the end of the day on Saturday you saw 38-7, would that shock you at all? Nope. Nope. Not at all. And you're probably going to see more points than that from Alabama. So I'm taking Alabama, I'm giving the points, and I'm rolling with the tide. Next up. LSU versus Tennessee. So LSU hosting Tennessee, and Tennessee is going to be favored by three. I don't know if either one of these teams is very good. Tennessee has crept themselves all the way inside of the top ten. Um, that's a tough one for me. I don't think Tennessee is a top ten team. I think Hendon Hooker has played really well. But if you look, if you look up, if we all let's just let's put it this way, if we all look up at the end of October, do we really think Tennessee is going to be in the top ten? The answer is no. The answer is no. Now, snapshot this week, first week of October, have they earned that? Yeah, you know, kind of. I think that they played okay against Pitt. That's a Pitt team that was not very good that day. I know Tennessee was on the road, uh, but it's not an SEC road game. You know, I'm talking about Kirby Smart, so it was supposed to be easier than those, you know, really tough games like at Missouri. And here's LSU, and and lo and behold, what, what happens with LSU? They find themselves in the top 25. Does anyone really believe LSU should be ranked higher than Florida State and be in the top 25 and Florida State should not? I thought we saw that game play out on the field. In fact, I'm pretty sure we saw that play on the field. But in the SEC and with a lot of these AP poll voters, in particular the guys who hail from the South, narrative above everything. Every win in the SEC has to be better than every other win always. How do you do that? By Mississippi State in the top 25 and by LSU in the top 25. So if Tennessee is to win on the road against, I think, an average LSU team that's just trying to find their footing under their new coach, Brian Kelly, we're all going to say, like, what a great top 25 win for Tennessee, when in reality, I don't know if it's a great win. I really don't. But narrative above everything. Narrative above 
everything. I think Hendon Hooker is a heck of a player. I really do. I think Tennessee has done a great job under Josh Heupel of building and getting better. And I think that's a team that, when we look up at the end of the year, should probably wind up somewhere right in the middle of the top 25. They'll wind up being a 12th, 13th, 14th ranked team. I think eight is a little high. They are giving three on the road against LSU. This is likely a really kind of nasty, ugly game. And I think Tennessee ends up winning the game. I think they they win the game, and, and we'll all sing their praises because winning on the road in the SEC is just hard. I don't know if you heard Kirby, but he told us. He told us it's hard, and so we got to take him by his word because you got to believe all the propaganda whenever you hear it. That's going to do it for our picks today. I can't wait for college football this weekend. It's going to be fantastic. Um, remember, folks, the Joel Klatt Show drops Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Tell your friends about it. Follow us at Joel Klatt Show on all the social medias. You can follow me at Joel Klatt on Twitter. And remember to leave us a review, rate our show, and tell a friend about it because college football is always better when we're sharing with our friends. Thanks for listening. Enjoy College Football Saturday.